You are listening to Fanfare Tracks. He's waiting. Classic Star Wars and the collectibles they gave us. From vintage Star Wars to the modern era of the saga. This is Collecting Tracks. Here are your hosts, Richard Hutchinson and Chris Letty. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Collecting Tracks. I'm Richard Hutchinson. And I'm Chris Letty. And we're your hosts for episode four, Star Wars Collecting Books. Well, Chris, what have you been up to since our last show? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So busy. We had Thanksgiving here in the States not that long ago. And then my oldest daughter's birthday, uh, Cecilia. And uh, yeah, not much. A little free time. I did get a chance to set up at another local uh, toy comic and trading card show. I was able to make some sales, make some deals and uh, just dialing in the collection and uh, like many other pop culture fans and, and collectors consuming content like Andor, and I really love Tales of the Jedi. That was a great uh, little mini series, and then uh, Marvel stuff. Enjoying all that, and then um, just had a chance to pick up some some items for the collection. I just got in the Hot Toys Bo Katan and some Star Wars licensed sketch cards and some other Ahsoka Tano uh, custom carded figures for that collection. I mean, that's kind of the gist of what's been going on with me what's been going on with you i know you've been dealing with some stuff oh have a not but uh, just just focus back on a couple of things here chris um just after <laughs> recording our last hot toy show we sort of talking yeah. about padme I, right. I don't know if i was delirious because I, I have been quite ill the last three weeks i'm sure i saw a hot <laughs> toys padme somewhere on facebook is, is that genuine or yeah yeah finally after uh, a couple years after being teased at i think it was san diego comic-con hot toys finally is doing the padme from attack of the clones i Amazing depiction from uh, Hot Toys, the sculptors and 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 all the creators involved with that figure just came out with a banger of a figure. And then uh, to pair that with an Attack of the Clones, Anakin as well, which the head sculpt on that figure is is just next level. Um, and I just want to talk about Tilt the Jedi very briefly because I have to say I was underwhelmed by it. I just thought it was an instantly forgettable series. Uh, the first episode with um, Ahsoka being the little baby, I just mm. thought that was fan service. There were some good moments, don't get us wrong. I like the Cypheteus parts, mm. and I, I thought some of that was quite interesting. But I, I just worry that Dave Filoni is in danger of jeopardising everything that he's built up, and he hasn't learned some things from George. George would not dare touch Yoda's backstory, but mm. I have a feeling that Dave Filoni will do everything he could to milk Ahsoka's backstory, <laughs> to give the fans everything that they think they want, without actually keeping anything back to keep that mystery and intrigue going. You know, that's one thing where I really enjoyed the series because Ahsoka Tano is my favorite character. So anything that I get of hers, you know, I take in. Not everything is exactly the way, you know, I'd like it, but just getting more content is great. But you have a great point. It's like more and more story. Is that too much? I think we're seeing this balancing act of what's too much and what's, you know, not enough between fan service and story development, whether it be Andor, you're seeing a lot of varying opinions on a lot of these projects. It's funny how some are, this is the best thing Star Wars has ever done, and some are like, I couldn't even get through three episodes. So I think this is going to continue to be a thing that Lucasfilm and Disney have to work through to find that formula that really works for everything. 
we've just got so many different things now for people to choose from. Do people just gravitate towards the things that they they enjoy? Um, and maybe not all content is for everyone. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm probably a bigger Tolkien fan than I'm Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. and I love the Rings of Power. But equally, I, I see all of the problems with the Rings of Power. I see all of the, you know, the deviations. I don't know how many times online I had mm-hmm. to say that the studio didn't have permission to use anything from the Silmarillion or for the the histories of Middle Earth. They right. had those small appendices at the back of the Lord of the Rings, and therefore there had to be a lot of filler. And the backlash against them, that's been unbelievable. <laughs> but it's I think it's like all franchises, isn't it? Yeah. It's, you've got to take what you want and leave what you don't like. You know, if you if you can't stand Andor, if you really hated it, don't watch season two. Just don't bother. <laughs> you know, it's not going to get any different. It's not, they're not going to change it for you. I know these studios, there's definitely a balancing act where they, they need to bring in new new viewers and new fans, but they also need to retain fans and... The problem I see is that fans that already know everything about everything with all these different franchises, whether it's, you know, Star Wars, Marvel, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, you know, whatever it might be, the content being created is supposed to be for everyone and to try to reach the masses. So I don't know. I think it's it's a fun debate. I don't get too upset about it. I just kind of take in the content. If it's worth reviewing for me, then, you know, that's great. If it's not, then I just move on to the next thing. Well, uh, wise words here, Chris, anyway. So <laughs> so what have I been up doing? About three weeks ago, I went to Edinburgh Christmas Market and me and my wife um, enjoy markets. So we were having a look at the best markets in Europe and Edinburgh was coming up second or third on all of the top 10 lists. So we thought, well, it's only an hour and a half, two hours drive away. So we'll go to Edinburgh Christmas Market. Big uh, mistake. Uh, the time of year, trains were on strike. Roadworks were just insane, crazy. Um, and I was worth the driving. We may have moved a mile if we were lucky. When, once we hit Edinburgh, car parks were full. It was ridiculous. But once we actually found somewhere to park and actually went to visit the market, it, it was really nice. There was a lot of food stalls and a lot of you know tasting different european foods and i prefer products to buy but it was ramp packed and i've obviously picked up some kind of virus when i was over there because mm-hmm. within a few hours um, i was feeling really ill so i've been laid out with pneumonia for the last three weeks which t- took quite a while to diagnose um obviously all the assumptions were it was covid because i haven't had covid but all of the tests were coming back negative rushing off to the doctor so the hospital three o'clock picking up more tablets straight back out of the place yeah yeah doctor i'm resting i'll be resting all night you know (laughs) crawling back in the the house at 10 o'clock at night and repeating the next day it's tough when you're having to deal with an illness like that hi this is andy seacom otherwise known as a what and you're listening to fanta tracks Okay then, so let's get into this episode. I've been looking forward to this one ever since um, we first mentioned it on the last show. Uh, So this book is all going to be about our favourite Star Wars collecting books and guides. And I I don't know about you, Chris, but I found it really, really tough to whittle it down to just three. Because there are so many amazing guides and we're going to upset many people by not mentioning some of the guides. So we will just give a nod, I think, to some of the other guides that are out there that we haven't touched on that if we were going to do a top 10 or something like that, we we may have gone down to. But we'll start off with you. Um, We'll head over to one of your guides first. Um, It is a a guide that I own. Like you, I have numerous guides from all different eras of Star Wars collecting, older collecting books, new collecting books. One that really stuck out to me was a book that I picked up 
shortly after I had gotten back into collecting in 2015, uh, I had sold off all my vintage um, loose figures in the early 2010s, and I was getting back in, getting that Force Awakens hype and and hunting for stuff. And I'm like, I want to put my loose figure collection together again. I was kind of going off some of the older guides and stuff. But in 2016, the Echo Base crew or Echo Base Facebook groups had put together a really cool soft cover magazine style guide called the Echo Base Vintage Trading Guide. I jumped on it because it appeals to me is that I'm, I'm going to all these shows. I'm going yard sailing or garage sailing. I'm going to flea markets. You know, you could use your phone, but I wanted something in hand that I could use that was very straightforward to the point. And this particular book, if you ever, if anybody ever sees it like magazine size, orange in color with uh, the silhouette of Boba Fett on the front, but inside the major contributors, which included Wayne Toddy, Neil Donnelly, Mark Donahue, as well as the other admins, they really uh, structured this book just very straightforward. The list of figures, clear pictures of them with their associated weapons or accessories. And it said like the color of their their weapons. I found it very user friendly. That's what I was looking for. Kind of getting back into collecting, refiguring out what accessory goes with what and and that sort of thing super helpful very clear photography minimalistic approach yeah it's pretty much just a very easy guide to use um it chronicles you know all the figures from star wars all the way through power of the force but it also includes the creatures you know like job of the hut and Dubak. It doesn't go over all the variants, but it just talks about major variants like brown hair Luke and final Cape Jawa, blue snaggletooth and and the like. So for me, this is just a quick and easy guide to pull out of the backpack and just reference. They also give you some popular terminology. And actually, there was getting back into collecting some of this terminology that was being used. I kind of missed the boat having stopped collecting in about 2006. Um, a lot of terminologies like the coup or mint and seal box or mock mint on card, that sort of thing. It, it helped me out. I don't know if this is still available, but I contacted Wayne Toddy on Facebook to order this. And what's cool is the Echo Base crew has also made subsequent guides for vehicles and the PAL toy card backs. You said you had it. I mean, what are your feelings on, on this guide? Well, I was a bit unsure when I first got it because it was so cheap, um, yeah. incredibly cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe in about three, four pounds from memory. And the, it was a not, not for profit book. All of the profits were going to one of the Echo charities and, and mm-hmm. they, make, they raise a lot of money for charity. So I picked the book up at one of the Echo vintage events and I flicked through it and I thought, Oh, wow. But I was just stunned by the imagery at first because the, you know, a lot of these guys are tiny little photographs mm. and the more like for, you know, for ticking off and checklist sure. things. But there's, there was so much information there, so much good quality images. I thought it was a really, really good guide. And when I was talking to Wayne or Paul DeSykes, one of the two, one of them said the idea of it was is you buy two and you, you keep one for taking on shows <laughs> and you just use yeah. that one to cross off and tick and you keep one 
you know, as, as a coffee table book, sure. is a much nicer book, and that was a great idea. Uh, and you're right, they've released um, newer versions, so you've got the Ships Guide now, mm. there was a Palatoy Guide as well, that was done um, partially yep. with Jason Smith. I'm sure that even if these guides are out of stock, they will be reprinting them due to demand. But yeah, I, I certainly would say that that would be also in, in, in my top five uh, must-have guides for anybody who's either wanting to get into the hobby to start yeah. collecting, or somebody who's coming back, as you say, who perhaps doesn't want to get overwhelmed with some of the more detailed books. That's why I put this one on my list is because it, it fits a couple different categories. It's just great that there's something that's that was so affordable and just easy to use. Props to the crew that uh, put it together. I jump over to one of mine now then. So mine, and I, honestly, I got this book and I loved it. Absolutely love it. And it got panned online. And I was like, oh, my <laughs> word, what am I missing here? So this is the ultimate guide to vintage Star Wars action figures, 1977 to 1985, written by Mark Belomo. Cover price was uh, $27. Uh, I think that worked out at about £20 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe it. I was blown away by how good this book is. There's a lot of pages. Uh, <laughs> it's about 300. Have you got a copy of this book? I actually don't have a copy yeah. of this book, so I'm I'm curious to hear yeah. what your thoughts are on it. So it's 270 pages, and it starts off with a general introduction to Star Wars. Um, but what got me straight away is as soon as you got to page 12, it starts off with the early bird certificate package, and you have hmm. two pages of information um, on the early bird certificate, together with prices. Now, yes. It got annihilated for the prices initially. I mean, <laughs> to, to research this book must have taken a good year. Um, right. The prices are way out of date. So, for example, mint and sealed packaging estimated was $2,650. Um, <laughs> you know, you're, you're way out with anything like that. But then you flip over and you've got R2-D2, uh, two pages, Chewbacca, two pages, Luke, two pages. You know, so you've got two pages on mm. pretty much every single one of the figures. It features a lot of good quality information in there. So it has things like the production codes, what the first appearance of the figure was. It obviously can't go through all of the carded variations. So if I just picked Luke, for example, it would give you a price of what you'd expect to pay on a 12 back, what you'd expect mm-hmm. to pay on a 20 back, what you might expect to, ha- to pay on Empire. It's beautifully presented. I mean, every single page. I think there's over 600 images in this book. But if oh I just goodness. look at General Maidine, for example, it has... Um, Three photographs of General Maidine. Um, top left one is Sun Damaged Maidine, which I'm not too sure why that was needed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then we've got the grey head and then the um, the fleshy beard. Yep. And then we've got another photograph of Maidine with a close-up. Opposite page of that is Klaatu, and it has um, three different variations of the weapon. Um, Gamorian Guard has three page, uh, sorry, two pages as well with three different um, photographs of axes. Um, but it doesn't just cover the figures it also covers the mail aways so you've got lots of baggies in there you've got all of the power force coins um all neatly presented all 62 of those coins it has the vehicles the play sets it covers droids and ewoks the 12 inch um scale figures it covers some of the uh, accessories you know like mm-hmm. the, the lightsabers and things like that and the, the carry cases but what I liked about, for example, if I just flick to this page here, which ones is, so this is the Star Destroyer playset. So the Star Destroyer playset, it covers three pages. And it wow. has all of the parts 
photographed separately and they are quite big so the photograph of all the parts must be a good eight inch by eight inch and it has each one of the parts so when i was buying loose sets mm. i could go to this and go oh well i don't have that small black part there i need to find that the the you know the branding eyeing on the dungeon play set the one yep. you know the crane with the branding eye on it mm-hmm. that was a nightmare to find that um because basically i didn't even know um, that it existed it's such a small part but this book was perfectly detailed for us um it has all the minivigs in there is it comprehensive well yes it is based on it has everything that was released but mm-hmm. no it isn't because it doesn't have every major variation i don't think it was ever intended to be that mm-hmm. it's not a gus and duncan's guide to everything that's comprehensible but it's a very very good book for somebody who wants to pick up a book and flick through it other criticisms that it had, um, for example, if you look at the Tuscan Raider page, there's almost three pages of information on the Tuscan Raider, but a lot of it is about the character and not about the toy. Hmm. And, and I kind of get that criticism as well, because if you're buying an action figure book, you do want to learn about the toy. But isn't it going to get a, a bit samey? I mean, yes, yeah. you could say that there was a wax sculpt for the Tuscan Raider, but that goes into the prototype section. Um, you could talk about Sonic Weldon, but, you know, ultimately you're going to get pretty boring, I think. And, and mm-hmm. to be a mainstream book, it has to have more oomph in there. So when I got it, I was absolutely delighted. I intended to read it all the way through, which I've never done <laughs> because it's obviously not the way that this book is designed to be read. Um, this book's designed to be read where you're, you're thinking, oh, I'm interested in a Lowbots. So I turn to the Lowbots page and there's four different Lowbots in there. So how much am I looking to pay for a Lowbot? Recommends about $50. Okay, that's giving us a, a rough guide, you know, and yeah. that, that's what it's about. I read the Lowbot bits and then and then close the book again. But it's certainly, if you can pick a copy up, because I think it's out of stock, although there's a lot, there's a rumour of a second edition being coming out for hmm. quite a while now. But if you can pick a copy up, you will certainly not be disappointed with that. You know, how many other books has two pages on each figure with high quality photos and covers every vehicle playset mini rig you can think of? It's brilliant. It sounds like a, a good, a really good book to have for somebody that's trying to piece together things, because that is a huge aspect of this book that i think might be um, underlooked is being able to get the breakdown of play sets and vehicles because we know that us as collectors you know we come across collections or bins of things and we're like oh i think i recognize that what does that go to and and we kind of squirrel away bits and pieces of things and and that type of thing is big for me buying collections and trying to figure what things are usually i'm messaging other collectors and that i know hey what's this part but to have a book like this and be able to thumb through and be like oh that's what that goes to that's worth its you know price right there and uh yeah as far as the pricing goes i know uh mark Belomo, like that's one of his things that he he does typically in in all his guides is is he does include pricing and it doesn't age well so it's tough but i know that that's one of the aspects that he likes putting into these guides, which is fine. Uh, the stories on on all the particular characters. Again, if you're like me or you or some, you know, and you have tons of other books, you want something that's a little bit different. So I, I can't fault um, him for having that style. That's pretty cool. But it's definitely one that's been on my short list of books to just pick up and add to the the collecting library so i'll hold out for the volume two or you know try to see if i can pick one of these up on the second hand market hi this is vivian lyra blair and you're listening to fantha tracks
My second book is uh, Meccano to Trilogo uh, Collector's Handbook by uh, Stefan Focor and Jan LaRue. I can't say I'm I'm a Meccano collector by any means. I just like having the information at hand and being able to learn about what the differences are between these, you know, foreign card backs. Uh, I think it's available digitally, but I have the I have the um, soft cover book. When I'm out there hunting for Rebel Commando carded variations, which is a focus, I frequently I'll look at this book to, you know, see what the variations are and, and that sort of thing. But for a collector that just wants to become more knowledgeable for foreign release card backs, um, I think this is a great book. It's relatively um, cheap and it's currently available, I believe, um, on Amazon and, and stuff. But the thing I like the most about this is the extensive photography mint on card all the way from the beginning of the Meccano line in 1978, all the way through the end of the power of the force on Trilogo cards. It's just a cool book that they put together and it gives you a great visual because a lot of the time, if you're searching for stuff online, it's really hit or miss whether or not you can get a detailed picture of the actual figure on card back that you're looking for. I mean, you've got everything from or the original 12 backs. I'm not going to even attempt to uh, say the French <laughs> French word, French wording on the card backs. And then you've got the smaller square backs um, when they transition to that card back for the Meccanos through the, the smaller card backs on the Empire Strikes Back. And then it jumps up to the Return of the Jedi line. But then there's also the transitional period the Meccano trilogos with the smaller bubbles, and then it goes to the traditional, the their traditional trilogo card backs with the bigger bubbles. And this is just a handy book. Again, I can toss this in my backpack. Not that I think I'm going to be coming across too many Meccanos and trilogos in the states, but I mean, I have, I have at bigger shows like Celebration, and I mean, it helps me with the rarity guide, which I think is probably the coolest part of this whole book is uh, they've come up with this format of Death Stars, the rarity out of five Death Stars. So one Death Star being a common versus five being the rarest. Um, I just think that was pretty neat. And then they have a guide in the back, which breaks down what figures are available on which particular card backs. And they've got a whole bunch of different card back designations. Stefan Focor, he's uh, got a passion for chronicling all the different figures on different card backs. He's got a Facebook group for that. Just a fun book. And I just like thumbing through it because I'm looking at all the stuff I wish I could have in my collection and I uh, will never will. <laughs> With one being common, he does, he, he does <laughs> clarify that by saying common might mean you only see one one every two years. Yeah, I know. Exactly common. Because I remember flicking through and thinking, oh, you're off ID4. It's like three Death Stars. That might not be too bad. Oh, and he's like, oh, yeah, I've seen three in my life. <laughs> like, right. The Rebel Commando, I think, is a two. And I've literally seen like in the last probably seven years i think i've seen like three come up for sale so it is what it is but it's still still a good guide to check out for everything in one location daily news reviews interviews podcasts video and social media feeds bookmark fathatracks.com 
for Star Wars News 24-7-365. The first book that I went on was the, like the perfect gift book, if you like. If, if you were you know a family member wanting to buy... Um, a Star Wars book for somebody for Christmas that that would be the kind of book this one flips completely to the side because this book um, although it's two goes so much into detail <laughs> on packaging and proof cards and chromelins this book is A New Proof by Matthias Rendell and the second book, uh, The Criminal Strikes Back, also by Matthias. Um, haven't had an update of when the third book's coming out, um, hmm. the Return of the Jedi book. Um, it's been quite a while. So, a new proof. Uh, I bought this book when it first came out um, because, you know, like most collectors, I've heard of Chromalins and, and I've heard of proof cards, but I didn't really have it correct in my head. I wasn't using the correct terminology, and I, I felt at times where I was saying... <laughs> things that perhaps the information mm. wasn't correct. So I bought the book. Absolutely love it. Definitely for somebody who wants to go deep into the art and the packaging. The books themselves have really high quality photos. I mean, I've just opened Princess Leia there. So yeah. we have her um, original photo art, which is probably, you know, five inch by five inch. And then the 12 back chromalin takes up a full page in the book of an A4. Um, and then you flick over, you've got blank proof cards, you've got a 12 back proof card, a 20 back chromalin, the quality control 20 back. Um, and all that's just for Leah. It's not just a collection of photographs because, as I said before, um, you know, what's the difference between a 12 back proof card for Vader versus a 12 back proof card for Leah versus a, it's, there's no difference. It's still a 12 back proof card. Mm -hmm. So there's more information in there and different shots. And he's got interviews in there with, you know, people who worked on the artwork. This is possibly the book. I've actually got my name in this one because I added the proofreading <laughs> for the second nice. um, copy. So thanks to, for Matthias on that. Um, there's an amazing original photo art for R5D4. This is the only known Star Wars 2D item to exist for R5D4. So I've got no idea who's <laughs> got it, and I've got no chance of owning it, but I can actually see it, and that's what I like about this book, that the appreciation, you know, that it's there. And then The Chromeland Strikes Back is an even bigger, thicker, glossier book. So this one also has interviews in there, but as I'm just flicking through there, it goes through the 31 back, the 32 backs, the, the, you know, all the way through to um, Revenge of the Jedi proof cards, you know, pages on colour separation sheets and transparencies and things that I'd never knew anything about before, such as Chromeland <laughs> stickers, because obviously we cover store displays, but it's, it's seeing all of these things, you know, the uncut proof sheets. These are things that's in collectors' hands where if you, you don't have the opportunity to go and visit these collectors, you just won't see them. What I particularly love is, um, for example, I've opened the Luke Skywalker X-Wing pilot. You've got some amazing different versions of the Revenge of the Jedi logo. So one of them features a red race track instead of the, instead of the silver race track. There's one oh. with a yellow race track. Some with like um, Revenge of the Jedi written on them, almost a bit like Batman the the TV <laughs> series with a kapow, you know that that kind of um, font and and imagery on it. You know I've never seen stuff like that before. It's absolutely brilliant. I like at the back the fact that it's got checklists in there. I mean that's not to say that you've got any chance of owning these unless you've got incredibly deep pockets. Um, you're never going to complete a set, but it's it's nice to see what is known and what's not known and why. So, you know, you're looking at Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia. So the photo art, for example, for Luke Skywalker uh, on the Empire Strikes Back card hasn't been found. But Leia, Chewbacca, Vader and Stormtrooper has. You know, so are those now lost in history or mm. are those in black hole collections? We just don't know. But there's some absolute amazing 
imagery in there, probably the highest quality images that I've seen. But if, if, if you're somebody who wants a good book to look at, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to pick up the Jedi one to see what's out there for the Rebel Commando. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. Because there will be stuff there you'll go, I didn't even know that that existed. Who on earth got <laughs> that? You know, and uh, definitely this, this this is definitely although Matthias has put his name over it, it's definitely a community labour of mm. this because without Matthias's, you know, great connections, people wouldn't have sent him high quality photos. People wouldn't have sent them, you know, anything like this at all because of the, you know the fabricators and the the fakers out there who may start yeah. turning things out. The books are pretty tough to get now. I think a new proof may be sold out. He went through three printings of that. Yeah. Cromlin strikes back. The last I'd heard, he was down to the final few copies. If the Jedi book starts getting, uh, you know, hitting presses soon, it wouldn't surprise me if we see another print of the other two as well and some kind of special three-book package being put out. Great books. Matthias is a great guy. Um, these mm-hmm. are very, very reasonable priced, entirely um, funded by Matthias himself. He's went, he's went through private printing. And I would certainly pick these up if you wanted to go deep into all of the packaging card backs proof cards chromelins the whole lot thoroughly recommend them i can't agree more i have both and like you just said it's a true deep dive into the history of star wars packaging i find it fascinating because of the breadth of items that are included in this from the concept to application and Everything in between. I just think Matthias and and everybody involved, you know, with these books, knocked it out of the park. The two books are so, are so great to just thumb through and just start learning and getting visuals of what all these different terminologies you might hear on different podcasts or you know on YouTube channels talking about vintage Star Wars uh, collecting. I can't say it enough. And and the fact that you know so many collectors were just straight up willing to either let Matthias come and visit and photograph the pictures himself or send him, you know, high quality photos of items in their collection to be included in this. I just think that goes to show the type of community that we have. I would say probably about 99.9% of this stuff are things that, you know, the regular collector is probably not going to get their hands on. But having these books is almost, you know, the next best thing because you, you know that they exist you know, they've been saved from the Kenner dumpster. It's a great passion project that, you know, Matthias has, has put out there. And I can't wait for the Return of the Jedi one. I'd hope that there's a chance that uh, Matthias would be a celebration London. And last time, I know he shipped a lot of books over to Dave Tree from Farthest From fame. Um, so hopefully Dave Tree may still have a, a batch mm. of books and it would be nice for him to bring some over if those flying can pick them up. But yeah, absolutely can't wait for the Return of the Jedi one. Hi, this is Dorian Kinji and you're listening to Fantha Tracks. This book, then, I don't have this one, I'm going <laughs> to admit, but I'm certainly intrigued for a very, very good, comprehensive modern book, and that's where you've got right. to go next. Yeah, I, I kind of shifting strategies here and uh, including um, a modern book. Uh, this book is um, uh, Star Wars, the Vintage Collection Archive, 2010 to 2019, by Rich Allot, D. Martin Myatt, and Daryl DePriest. It was years in the making, a Kickstarter project, and... There's a a big part of the Star Wars collecting community is focuses on the vintage collection, three and three quarter inch, just due to the the level of photography that you can do with all the figures and and the 
vehicles and play sets. There's a whole faction of, of collectors that just love the vintage collection. I mean, it's a must have, I think, for any three and three quarter inch uh, modern collector. But I mean, any Star Wars collector, period, I think this would be a great addition to their collection just because of the amount of information in this book is kind of mind boggling. The book itself, it's about 350 pages 360 pages and it's a, it's a large hardcover book coffee table book size i'm not really a vintage collection collector myself i did have quite a few and decided to to move those on but i i want to keep this book just because it's very helpful for me if i buy collections and want to do research and you know something on that level but also the information that's provided every figure has its own page everything's labeled all the way from the the original trilogy collection, all the way through the saga collection, through the vintage collection. And it's all in order per figure. And you've got a breakdown. Every page has at least three to four images of the, the figure loose. And it shows front, back, accessories included, the card back, the card front with the figure mint on card. And then it also has the date of when this figure was released. And then every figure has a story, whether it's the people involved with the creation of the figure or just collectors thoughts on them. You can't get much more extensive than, than this book does. So even better about this book is it includes all the vintage collection vehicles, the play sets, any exclusives like from San Diego Comic-Con, even like collector sets, proof cards that were handed out at, celebration and then it's got fold out pages uh sorry of um the big millennium falcon java sail barge it's just got everything and if you had backed the kickstarter it came with all these bonus items coins posters and proof pages and special uh covers and just the stories alone from the creators I think is is worth it, along with just the beautiful imagery. Uh, so, I mean, this this is actually still available from Blue Milk directly on their website and even from websites like Big Bad Toy Store. So it, it is one that you can pick up. It's not cheap. The retail price is $75, but goes in line with a lot of these other bigger books. I think what's put me off books like this is that when you buy them and then another wave gets introduced or yeah. more more. <laughs> you know items are added so i've always held off on them but do you think now is the time to dip my toes in and say you know you need to get it now rather than forever <laughs> well, waiting <laughs> i know we we've seen in the past some collector books continue to go up in price on the secondary market once they're sold out with this still being available at retail i mean it might be the time you know see if if there's any used or whatever as well that's an option but I mean, I think it's worth it for a collector that dabbles in in modern and vintage. I wonder if they're going to do a volume two, if it's going to be in several years after, you know, and not be added onto this, but in addition to this. And that, you know, would keep the value of, you know, or investment of something like this. Hi, this is Samantha Aline, the first female stormtrooper in Star Wars, and you're listening to Fan for Track. Right then, so moving on to my last pick then. So I hummed and hard for this third book for a long, long time. And what I've gone with is a book that I doubt you own. It's the Star Wars Phenomenon <laughs> in Great Britain. The blockbuster impact in the galaxy of merchandise, 1977 to 1983. And it's written by fellow Star Wars collector Craig Stevens. Mm-hmm. 
I purchased it because I thought, you know, it's a British book and I'm going to support it um, because a lot of what we read online is, you know, rightly Kenner aimed mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. focuses on a lot on Kenner. But this book, it isn't about toys as such. It focuses on everything that was British. Now, there is no possible book that could ever cover every single piece of item that was ever released. There are, for example, pyjamas and quilt sets and things that people still seeing or the House of Radley or the Marks and Spencers, nobody knows who brought them out. Um, because the, a lot of these items were just rushed, you know, short-lived and gone. But what Craig's done is he's divided this book into many chapters covering specific areas. So, for example, there's a chapter on Addis, you know, the soap products. And he'll have, he's got interviews and, and magazine clippings and, and hmm. adverts and posters and snippets from comics, you know. Um, then he's focused heavily on, you know, the Darth Vader tours, um, when they were dressed up as Palatoy and, <laughs> you know, which, which department stores did they visit? What were the dates? Where did they go to? Moved through to Empire Strikes Back and, you know, talks about how the retailers weren't keen on stocking Empire Strikes Back branded items. They wanted the Star Wars brand, you know, that the discussions on how finding things with Empire logos on them is pretty tricky. But by the time we come to Jedi, the, the retailers are quite happy having Jedi <laughs> on them because obviously Star Wars were here to stay. So it's about 300 pages. Um, it's very text heavy. There are images. Um, mm-hmm. But you'll not see many of these images in other places. So, for example, you know the, the coin purses from Smile. Yep. That was the first time I saw the, I saw those carded was inside these. Oh wow! Um, but things like Star Wars balloons available by a company <laughs> called Ariel. You know, I've never even heard of them. You know, but there's there's a photo in there. These are things where some of these make DTs and Rockefeller Fett seem common. You know, they're just <laughs> yeah. they are one of one. Or everybody goes, oh, I saw them at the at the display count now when I was buying me, you know, your candy or you're buying your um, comics. But you know, you just can't get them now. Store displays, interviews with people that you just, you know, you wouldn't dream of interviewing. Nobody's going to go and interview the guy from Star Wars Soaps and asking him how he got the license and <laughs> who was he dealing with. And Charles Lippincott gets mentioned quite a lot in there. And, you know, his, yeah. his impact on, on the whole Star Wars, you know, in Britain market, focusing on the problems that they had adapting things to the British market from the American market uh, and talking about how obviously we were months behind America and the, the buzz <laughs> and everybody going, what a it's coming something's coming we've got to get these products out so it's a brilliant brilliant book now yes it's heavily british aimed but if you've got interest in beyond the toys oddball kind of mm. collectibles you know like wall sausage wrappers um you know game crack yes the game crack <laughs> things you know it, it's it's a, it's the kind of book for you but it, it's very text heavy it, it can be difficult to read at times due to the volume of text but if you're collecting or if you're even interested in what's out there or what you should be looking for on ebay or you've got 11 pencils and you don't know what the 12th <laughs> pencil is right. because you mean the, the star wars collector's archive doesn't focus that well on british collectibles there is a website that's been created by Andy Preston that has lots of, of photos in there but this is just another reference there is never going to be a definitive Star mm. Wars British book but this is as close as I think we're, we're going to get to it so it's a wonderful book and certainly something that somebody aged 40 to 50 55 mm-hmm. who grew up in the time in Britain is, is going to love this book so I would highly recommend that Hi this is Steve Grad from Beckett Authentication and I will tell you what I approve and I authenticate Fanta tracks and you should too Chris, well, <laughs> we're coming to the end now. Yeah. Um, have you got any books that you just want to shout out to quickly? I mean, one of the ones that's come out in the last three years 
is uh, Engineering an Empire by our good friends Matt George, Carrie Borbidge, and Stephen Ward. I mean, that book is just, again, another one, another passion project, jam-packed with goodness, all about the employees that were part of Kenner and the production of these figures, stories of all their lives. We know that a volume two is potentially in the works for that one, so keep an eye out. Well, yeah, I had that one as well. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Engineering the Empire book. Yeah. It's brilliant. It is really, really good. I didn't realize the second volume was coming out, so I'll be good to catch up. I mean, there's rumors. Mm. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I have to say the Gus of Duncan's books are, are brilliant, uh, yeah. but they are hefty. You know, I've, And I've heard a lot of people online saying, oh, I'll, I'll take the book. It's $75. How much is shipping? Another $75. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, you're shipping a tree. These yes. books are incredibly comprehensive. Massive. So the three that I absolutely like are the comprehensive guide to Star Wars collectibles, because quite often when you're doing some research in the SWCA, you mm. can't find the item that you want, but they're in the book and, and they're presented well. So that's really good. The cast and crew items. And I like the prototypes book. I'm also going to stick the Kellerman Guide in there. Now, I have to say, I've never purchased the Kellerman Guide. I do have the PDF copy, so Same. I'll flick through that. <laughs> I'm going to say, in this day and age, I'd be disappointed to spend $275 oh, on that book. Don't get us wrong, Kellerman set the standard. Kellerman was the marker, but there are books that have gone beyond Kellerman now um, with lots more new discoveries and things. So I wouldn't pay that. I'd probably pay $50 for Kellerman. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'd be happy paying that. But I'm happy with my PDF. It's still a good, fun book, but it's not the bad that it was but there's plenty of other books out there i mean um the, the canadian book the tome yeah, price guides another one as well oh yeah i would give a shout yeah. out to uh, and that was another one i was flicking through you can get Tomart's price guide which you know yes it, i think it was 1996-ish 97 mm. prices miles out but that's not the purpose <laughs> of it you can pick up a hardback one of those in brand new condition for about 15 20 dollars if they're still going around about that price oh yeah mine a year or two ago but you don't buy them for the prices you buy no. them for the items the pictures um you know the, the stuff in there is absolutely brilliant Definitely give a shout yeah. out to Walmart. But I think what we've got to say is we're absolutely blessed to be living in a world where we've got so many great collecting friends who are willing to share their knowledge in this format. And that's the biggest thing. You can see that this hobby, this community is so passionate about collecting. You know, that the variety of different books that are out there and resources, lots of time and effort put in by all involved with these projects. I just think... Uh, It's awesome to have this type of information at our hands. You know, us collectors are always hunting for that next thing. What else is out there? And and these books help give you, you know, those ideas. You know, that's great for us. And, uh, you know, it's just another reason for us to uh, spend more money. <laughs> well, Chris, I, I honestly thought this was going to be about a 20, 24 minute show. We're filled, uh, uh, you know, best part of the million hours talking about yeah. six books. I mean, but it just goes to show that, uh, you know, th- these are incredibly, you know, detailed and they've touched a lot of our lives. And we've all made friends with the people who've written these books, you know, talking to them and, mm-hmm. and supporting them and seeing them at celebrations. Great bunch of guys. I'm looking forward to whatever comes out next. Absolutely. Right, Chris, it's been a, a great show, so thanks very much for your time. Thanks for listening to Collecting Tracks, everybody. Thanks very much all listeners, everybody who supported our show. Thanks for all the shares, the comments, the likes, and the listens. So without much further, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And we'll see you guys in our next episode. So thanks for listening to Collecting Tracks. If you want to be part of the action, stay updated on all the latest Star Wars news, visit fantatracks.com or check out the free Fantatrax app through the App Store to follow us on your mobile device. You can reach out to us and send in your listeners' questions by emailing radio at fantatrax.com. 
comment, like and share on any of our social media feeds at Fabtracks and be sure to subscribe, leave a review, preferably a five star one, on Amazon Music, Audible, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or your podcatcher or smart speaker of choice. And as always, thanks to James Semple for composing the Funk Tracks intro, Andy Lyle for our collecting tracks over music and Mark Daniel and Vanessa Marshall for our voiceovers. Remember to tune in to Good Morning Tatooine live Sunday evenings at 9pm UK time, 4pm Eastern and 1pm Pacific on Facebook and YouTube. Check out Fanta Tracks Radio Friday evenings at 7pm UK time for new episodes of the Fanta from Down Under, Planet Leia, Desert Planet Discs, Start Your Engines, Collecting Tracks and Cannon Fodder and every Tuesday at 7pm UK time for your weekly episode of Making Tracks. Coming up next on Fanta Tracks Radio, it's Making Tracks.